Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, September 17th, 2023, and it's our third and final installment in a series on Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. Today, we consider a reading from the 14th chapter of the letter to the Romans. Let's listen to what Paul has to say. Paul writes, Welcome those who are weak in the faith, not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord, and also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. The Word of the Lord. Dear God, may only your truth be spoken and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone, and welcome back. Did you hear the joke about the Anglican priest, the Presbyterian minister, and the Lutheran pastor who walked into a barber shop? How about this one? Do you know how many Anglicans it takes to change a light bulb? I don't know about you, but I've lost count of the number of jokes that I've heard that draw attention to the differences between different Christian denominations. There are tons of jokes that draw attention to some of the differences that exist, not just between different faiths, but also within Christianity. A few years ago, just prior to my ordination, I was doing a field placement at a busy Anglican parish on Young Street in Midtown Toronto. As we prepared for the Easter Vigil on the Saturday of Easter weekend, several of us gathered on the steps of the 150-year-old church. As we were waiting for things to begin, a group of college-age folks were walking south on Young Street. One of them stopped and politely inquired if he might ask a question. As he paused, seeming to muster up his courage, he looked across the street at a large Baptist church on the other side of Young Street. Then he looked back to us, then back to the Baptist church. Finally, he blurted out, Why do you guys need so many buildings anyway? Why can't you just share? I must admit that I was caught a bit flat-footed. From the young man's perspective, it was apparent that our differences seemed ludicrous. 
This was no time for a lesson in church history or the theological differences between Calvinism and the roots of Anglicanism. If we're candid, there are some significant differences, not only between faiths, but also within them. You don't have to go very far within the Anglican Church to find differences in both opinion and practice. I'm confident that the same can be said of many other Christian traditions. This is true in our own experience of the Church, and it's something that the Apostle Paul knew also. We get a glimpse of some of these differences in today's reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul has seen the effects that these divisions can have, not just on a church collectively, but also on the lives of individuals in particular. You see, Paul's letter to the Romans was not the first letter that he wrote to a Christian community. He had already written to the Corinthians on more than one occasion, attempting to calm the quarrels that were dividing that church. Paul also wrote to Philemon, a church leader in Asia Minor, in an effort to resolve conflict within his own home. We begin to see a pattern in which Paul tries to resolve conflict and to improve relationships within the Corinthian church, in Philemon's household, and now we see him encouraging unity among the Christians in Rome. Paul argued that our faith in Christ ought to bring us closer together and not to be the thing that divides us. When Paul wrote to the Roman Christians, he did not deny the differences that existed between them, but told his listeners not to allow those divisions to become a priority. He acknowledged that some chose to eat meat while others did not. This was an issue of conscience, because many first-century markets sold meat that had been sacrificed to other gods. Because of this, many Christians chose not to eat meat at all. When Paul wrote about some recognizing one day to be holy, and others not doing so, he was referring to Sabbath observances. You see, for a long time, people argued whether or not to observe the Jewish Sabbath on Saturday or to celebrate Jesus' resurrection on Sunday. In both cases, what mattered was whether people were seeking to bring honor to God through their actions. The essential criteria that Paul emphasizes is that whatever is done must bring honor to God through Jesus Christ. This is how Paul was able to say that as Christians, we should neither live nor die for ourselves, but should do both to glorify Christ. This text offers us at least two challenges in our modern application, and they are very closely related. The first challenge concerns the way that we relate to other Christians. We must learn to put first things first in our relationship with other Christians. Rather than focusing on those things that divide us, we need to focus on the things that bring us closer together. But in so doing, we must be cautious to follow the criteria that Paul emphasizes. Do our actions, whatever they may be, bring glory to God through Jesus Christ? Are we encouraging each other into an ever-deepening relationship with Christ, or are we focusing on the preferences that divide us? One of the things that I really enjoyed while I was in seminary was studying alongside people from different Christian traditions. It provided a great opportunity to see scripture 
and our shared Christian faith from different perspectives. It also meant learning that practices I had often considered strange actually had well-reasoned explanations. The second challenge our text from Romans offers is very closely related to the first, but focuses on the way that we relate to those who do not consider themselves Christian. This is not so much a unique second challenge as it is a redirection of the first. In the first case, Paul tells his readers to set aside their differences so that they may restore their relationship with other Christians and encourage them to draw closer to God. This text also reminds us to keep first things first, not only in our relationship with other Christians, but also when we consider how we interact with people who do not believe in Christ at all. Paul begins this section of his letter by saying, Welcome those who are weak in the faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. How much more should this apply to those who have not placed their faith in Christ at all? As Christians, we have a responsibility to encourage others in a relationship with Christ. At the end of Matthew's Gospel, we read that Jesus gave the following challenge to those who would follow him. Jesus said, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all that I have commanded you. The training of those far and near was what motivated Paul to write his letters, and it needs to be what motivates us today as well. Paul encouraged his readers to put aside their differences so that they might focus their attention on relationship with Jesus Christ. It is all done so that we might encourage all people to deepen their relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, give us eyes to see the best in people, a heart that forgives the worst, a mind that forgets the bad, and a soul that never loses faith in God. Amen.